another episode of the Climbing Hinge Podcast. On this episode, it's the double bind. Impossible to win situations, catch 22s. The old kind of damned if I do, damned if I don't scenario. And um, I'm going to give go through some examples on what this is so we can better understand how it plays out. But what we're going to do on this podcast is we're going to talk about exactly what is the double bind and how it works. What is the profile of, of the person, wife, husband, girlfriend, whoever it may be, that is prone to doing this and why? What we're going to then do uh, is just talk about some common double binds. And then we're going to get into how we're going to address this through powerful, force powers, free and loving ways that as we're doing it, align with the factors of trust, cognitive trust, affective trust. Because when we're doing this, if we're attacking our partner because they're putting us in impossible to win situations, which is something that typically will happen, they won't trust us. And so we'll never be able to broach a a healthy dialogue, a healthy relationship because we're getting passive aggressive or we're angry or we attack them back because they're, they're putting us in these situations. So let's get into it here because this is a fascinating uh, subject. A double bind is a catch-22 impossible to win situation. So if you do one action, it it turns out bad. And if you do the other, you get get attacked as well. And so uh, let's just go through a a, a couple quick examples. you're talking to your, you guys were dating, you're kind of broke up now. She's re- stopped responding to your text messages. Or she might have said something to the effect of, um, you know, don't contact me anymore. So you don't contact her, you're respecting her space and her boundaries, which is probably what you're supposed to be doing. A month or two later, uh, perhaps uh, there's some contact, maybe she initiated, maybe you did. And at that time, she says, if you would have cared for me, you would have checked on me. But you, I didn't hear from you at all. And you're, you're, you're shaking your head because she wouldn't re- respond to your messages. Or she might have told you, uh, you know, don't, don't message her. So you're, you're, you're confused, obviously. It's like, well, you know, again, it's a no-win situation. Another one would, might be um, your girlfriend has broken up with you. And you, you address, you're accepting and you're free and loving and powerful. And she gets mad because you didn't fight for her. <laughs> now she's breaking up with you. And then when you don't fight for her, she gets mad. Um, but regardless, if you would have fought for her anyways, it wouldn't have turned out good. See, see how that's a no-win situation? That's another one. Uh, another one might be you're, you're, uh, you're in a marriage. It's, say you know, you're, things have kind of been a little bit rocky, but you're not close to divorce or separation or anything like that. But your wife is angry about things or she's got her walls up and she doesn't want to um, accept your, your dates and your date nights or overtures for romance. And so she keeps shutting you down. You stop. And then a couple months later, what does she say? You're, you're, you're not taking me out. You're not dating me. You're not romancing me. Um, and again, 
all these situations will frustrate you if you don't know how to handle it in a proactive, positive, healthy way. So those are examples of double binds. The profile, uh, typically, anybody can do this, but there tends to be a certain profile of person who uh, has some maladaptive behaviors that is prone to doing this more than others. And these are people that um, tend to have, they've been traumatized, damaged, abandoned, um, abused, molested, uh, things like that. Uh, and, and they have a deep sense of inadequacy inside them. Low, very low self-esteem. Now, they might, might wear a mask and you can't see it. And that mask covers it up. It's aggression or overconfidence, things like that. Covers it up, but they're very, they have very low self-esteem inside because they've, what's happened to them in the past, beaten up, abused, raped, abandoned. There's a whole, whole bunch of things. So they have very low self-esteem. So they have a deep desire to be wanted and a deep desire to be intimate with somebody else. But on the flip side of that is a tripwire which causes them to have a deep fear of intimacy and in closeness with others. So they sabotage. So the double bind is this, is this back and forth sabotaging that, it, it mechanism. That's really kind of the root of it. So these, this characteristic tends to be um, a trait, a very kind of a core trait in what's uh, known as the borderline personality disorder. Don't want to diagnose anybody here. But that tends to be a core trait. And because they have such low inadequacies and low self-esteem, they want to be desired. They want to be wanted. They have a deep desire for intimacy, but they sabotage it because they have a deep fear of that at the same time. And so that double binding mechanism is kind of at play in all these other double binding mechanisms. So that, if it makes sense, it's maladaptive, it's dysfunctional. But you got to understand if somebody's doing this, typically... It is a very ingrained behavior. It's autonomic. It's, it operates at a subconscious level. They may not be premeditating or trying to do it. It's an automatic behavior. It is dysfunctional. There's no doubt about it. But you kind of want to look at your partner and say, have some empathy and say, okay, they're, they're not healthy. Um, they, they need help. I, I have to be strong and help them through this. So that's typically the, the type of profile in the person you see it in. All right, let's move forward. Now, how do we address this? This is difficult. This is hard. It's frustrating. They're putting you in these double binds. You're like, what do I do? You're, you get mad, passive aggressive. And so they're doing these things. And, and by the way, a lot, uh, some other points to make. In people that have been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, from in comparison to a healthy control group, they have issues with memory continuity. So they might they might not even remember some of the things they're doing. They're also much more likely to have a victim profile, uh, entitlement because of that victim profile. Um, they tend to act in more selfish ways because of the victim profile and the entitlement. They tend to operate in a much more negative state than a healthy control group. They tend to have lack executive control in the prefrontal cortex in the same manner as a healthy control group. So they have a harder time 
regulating their emotions. So they're more likely to get into this type of behavior. Again, trying to understand it so we can approach the situation with, with compassion and empathy and how we deal with this. All right, so what we're going to do here, how we're going to deal with it, we've talked about it in another podcast, AEP, accept empathy and then the pivot. We, we talked about our, one of our other podcasts, how to do that. On this podcast, we're going to use AEP squared. Again, A stands for accept. E stands for empathy, P, pivot, and then the other P is going to be proactive measures I'm taking to address this um, extremely uh, difficult maladaptive behavior. We're going to walk through some examples on how that might be. Real key point, if they're doing this stuff and I get passive aggressive or moody or I shut down, they're not going to trust my intentions because they're gonna see that negative behavior from me. Now you might say, well, they deserve it, but it won't, that you saying that won't fix anything. It'll just make it worse. Guaranteed, trust me. So we wanna do things um, that builds trust. Two components of trust, uh, cognitive trust, effective trust. Cognitive trust has to do with performance and consistency. I operate at a high level and I'm consistent in my behaviors. If I'm inconsistent and I want to be a a leader in the relationships, I want to set the pace and the tone. If I'm not consistent in my disposition, demeanor, say I'm getting moody and I'm shutting down because my my wife is doing this, will she trust me? The answer is no, she will not. So I got to demonstrate cognitive trust. I got to be consistent. Effective trust has to do with they feel, my girlfriend, my wife, whoever it is, your, your partner, feels you have their best interest at heart. So if they're doing this double bind stuff, and then you're attacking them back, or you're moody, or you shut down, will they feel you have their best interest at heart? Answer is no. And so you will lead down to a destructive path. Again, do you want to be the leader in the relationship? Or the follower. Um, as in my relationship, I want to set the pace and set the tone. Masculine is the leader. Feminine is the absorber, right? Now, both men and women have masculine and feminine traits. There are relationships where the woman is, has a more masculine trait. The man might have a more feminine trait. That works for some people. Um, other people have a different dynamic. All right, so... We have to behave in a positive, free, and loving way to build trust, all right? All right, so let's go through an example here of how this might work now. Um, let's just start with one of their examples before where my wife is shutting down. She is not, uh, I've asked her on a couple of dates, she's not ex- accepting me, she's not letting me take her out, and I know what's gonna happen, she's done this before. She'll come back to me two months later when I stop asking her out. And, and attack me. You don't make me feel loved. You don't date me. You don't romance me. And I'm not going to get caught in that situation again. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to approach her. I'm going to go ask her for a date. So this is round one. Honey, I, I would love for us to go out on date night uh, Saturday night. I got some great ideas on what we can, where we can go to dinner and, and go out and have a really good time. And she says, I just, I'm not, I'm just not feeling it right now. I'm not in, I'm just not in a good place with us. I don't want us to go on, on a date night and I'm not, I'm not feeling it right now. AEP, 
Honey, I appreciate you telling me that. I want you to be able to express yourself no matter what it is. And if you don't feel good about us to want to go on a date, I, I, I understand that and I'm glad you're telling me. I don't want you to feel that way. I love you. That's why I want us to you know, go out on dates. And so that's round one. A week and seven to ten days later, I'm back at it. She's still, you know, not all. She's moody and a little negative towards me. I approach her again. Honey, I, I know we talked last week about going on a on date night. You didn't want to, but I'd love for us to go out. Uh, I've got some great ideas. I want to romance you. You know, I love you. Look how beautiful you are. She says, I'm just not feeling it. I, I just, I just, I just, I, I just have this, you know, I'm, I'm feeling negative about us right now. And um, I, I just don't want to do it. Okay. AEP. Honey, I appreciate, I appreciate you telling me this. I don't, I don't, I can see you're struggling with this. I could see you're feeling some negative emotions because of us and things that, I don't want you feeling that. And if you're, if you're having a hard time coming out of it, perhaps we want to go see a marriage therapist. Or you can see somebody and work through this, or we can buy some books together. And she might just nod her head or look at me, but she doesn't really take any actions. AEP, I'm doing it in a proactive manner, right? I've gone to her twice. I'm not waiting for her to come and express herself. I'm doing something that I know is gonna cause her to express herself to me and then I can use AEP and I'm proactively doing it, right? And if I keep doing this, right? And I, and I hope to expose the problem at the same time and the problem is what? She wants to stay in this negative mood and then when she comes out, what is she going to do? Attack me for not dating and romancing her. I'm not letting that happen. I'm going to shore up my flanks. Okay, so she says, no, I'm going to do it again. I might wait a little bit longer this time, okay? Uh, 10, 12 days, and I approach her again. And she's, she's still not feeling it. And I say, honey, I appreciate it. I, and, and I can see that you're struggling with this. I don't want you to feel like this. I don't want you to be down. And so I, I really think if you're having a problem, it's, this is going on six weeks now, we got to constructively work through this because I love you. We should go see a marriage therapist or you, know, you should you know, talk to somebody. But staying like this isn't healthy. And it's not healthy for you or it's not healthy for us. Okay, she's going to see that no matter what she does in this situation, I'm not going to fall into the trap of not asking her out. I might delay and, and change up my pace of how I ask her. You see how my conversation has changed every time. It's evolved. It's not the same one. That's the proactive nature of this. All right. And then when she's coming out of this and she's starting to see that no matter how nasty and cold she is, I'm still loving towards her. I'm building trust. I'm building attraction, building respect, emotional safety. She's seeing that her, her negative traits and how she normally is won't drag me into the mud. And that's typically what happens. They act negative. Their partner is dragged down into the mud. They act negative. And then when you act negative back, they, you reinforce all their negatives. How do you extinguish the fire? It's by... Approaching this in a manner with acceptance and empathy. 
and, and in a proactive way so that you can demonstrate to them that they can do this and you're still going to remain above the fray. So that's one example. Uh, next example, this one is going to be husband and wife, two kids. Um, wife is a stay-at-home mother, husband works. Wife likes to complain a lot about not having a lot of free time because she's, you know, with the kids all day. Husband has made numerous, numerous attempts to take the kids out and do different things. Um, the wife um, tries to fight it and resist it many times, again, for, for maladaptive, re dysfunctional reasons. And then when things get upset, what does she say? I just never have any free time. Okay. All right, so we're in that situation. She says, I just never have any free time. And I say, I appreciate you telling me. I, I can sense that it's frustrating and stressful. It's not what I want. I want to see you happy and shining. So let's sit down, maybe not right now, but tomorrow, and talk about how we address this situation proactively together as, as husband and wife and as co-parents so that you can make sure you're getting your free time. And I'm going to make sure that I'm taking the kids and getting them out of the house. So again, AEP with the added P of proactive. I've asked her, let's sit down. Let's talk about it. Now, what if she doesn't want to sit down for a moment and talk about it? Because she surely may not want to. She wants me to fail, right? I'm actually expecting her not to. So I know it's not going to end. All right? Tomorrow comes. Honey, I'd love for us to sit down and, and talk about making sure you're getting the free time you want. I just don't want to do it right now. Okay, well, I appreciate you expressing myself. But if you're going to express yourself to me that you're not having free time and that work constructively with me and with us together as husband and wife and I love you, you got to really think about like whose fault that is, right? Are you saying it's my fault? If you choose not to work together and I want to work together, I love you, let's cooperate. You really got to think about do you want to be putting yourself in this situation or not? It's not healthy. And we, maybe we can, we can go see a therapist and walk, work through this. I don't want to see a therapist, she says. I say, oh, well, that's okay. Again, I'm being proactive multiple times here, right? I am exposing her in a, in a gentle, free, positive, loving way. I'm shining a light back on her behavior. One thing that's effective about doing this is that when you shine the light back on this maladaptive behavior, it is exposed. And so many times when I've had people working through this and doing it, the other person starts to cooperate or stops doing it because they know they're being exposed when, they're, when, they're, when you're doing it this way. Again, you see how the conversation changed. It evolves. I don't keep using the same one. I proactively approach her, AEP squared, about that conversation that was initially had, but I evolve my conversation and I keep at it week after week proactively. In that situation also, I'm going to be making sure I'm taking the kids and getting them out of the house. She might resist it. I got to make sure I'm getting them out of the house, giving her some free time. Because when you're at home with kids, and especially if you're a stay-at-home parent, it can get stressful. They're a handful. Everybody loves them. They're amazing, wonderful, uh, obviously. But they can be a handful. All right. Um, another situation, third one. And this might be the situation where um, 
you break, your girlfriend's breaking up with you, you know she's got these traits, right? And when she breaks up with you, if you don't fight for her, what's going to happen? She gets mad, <laughs> okay? So she breaks up with you. And one of the things you can say, AEP, I appreciate you, you telling me that. I can see how difficult this is for you because you're an amazing woman. And because you're amazing, I know this is hard. And you know what? Because you're so amazing, you're worth fighting for. And I would fight to the, you know, to the tooth and bone for you and your love because you're worth it. But I also know I have to accept how you feel. And because you're, 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 you're wanting to break up, I have to accept and understand that. So I use AEP there, and I add the little twist on my pivot about not fighting for her, or, or why I'm not fighting for her, to pre-intermediate uh, how she's going to feel if I don't fight for her, right? Because that's, that's part of the double bind. You're, 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 it's a catch-22, no-win situation. Okay, so you can see um, how this works, right? AEP, accept, empathy, pivot, and then you add your proactive measures. Now, a lot of times it's difficult to do these proactive measures because you don't want to face the storms, <laughs> especially with women who have these traits, uh, borderline personality traits, depressive cycle traits, manic depressives, whatever, that tend to do these things. A lot, of, a lot of guys, especially with their wives or girlfriends like this, shy away from those. Shying away is not going to solve your problems. You've got to attack this in a positive, free and loving way, AEP squared, to solve the problem in a healthy, constructive manner. All right, so there we go. The double bind and how to handle it, AEP squared. And if you apply this, I, I, I think you'll be very pleased. I've seen number of, many, many guys use this, this technique to great success. Uh, and you can too. That's it. That's another episode of the Climbing Hinge Podcast. And I want to thank you all for listening in.